up until I was like 28, I always would say to people that they had to follow these strict like racial rules. Like if you're Indian, you call me Shreeder. If you're not Indian, you have to call me Shridhar. And I need to know what race you are, even without looking at you, just from the way you address me. I'm Giddy Nathan. And I'm Samer Kalaf. And this is Name Dropping a show about using different pronunciations of your name, depending on whether you're having an Indian thought or a white thought. In this episode, we talk to Sridhar Ramesh. He's a comedian and mathematician who recently completed a PhD in logic from UC Berkeley. Congrats, Sridhar. I came across his math writing when I was much younger, and then years later, I realized he was making strange jokes on Twitter, and it took me a while to figure out that it was the same guy. But then I did, and I liked what he was doing. And um, he made a series of really good jokes about his own name and about names in general. Lately, he's been encountering an increase of people who take his name more seriously than he does. And uh, it kind of puts a spoiler on his own sense of humor. We kind of followed parallel life paths of um, we were interested in math at some point and then started making dumb jokes on the internet at some point. I think in addition to his comedy and math interests, he also has an interest in uh, linguistics. Yeah, his linguistics expertise was great for navigating some of the sounds that occur in our names but aren't as common in English. I don't know what causes the person to have the interest they have, but even in like first grade, I was interested in both comedy and math. Um, I think they both come from being interested in playing with logic, basically, mm-hmm. in playing around with uh, setting up rules and then, you know, defying them or uh, something like that. And actually, I. I wanted to do a lot of comedy for a long time, and then I got kind of distracted by pursuing the math degree, I felt. Um, but then uh, towards the end of my time in grad school, I started you know, doing improv and then met people and had a sketch group and um, got more serious about comedy for a while. It is true that I'm probably the only funny mathematician. Oh, I'm definitely the only comedian who knows any math. So um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we wanted by the end of the episode to make you stake your claim as the funniest mathematician in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, that's not that hard. That's not a high <laughs> bar. That's funny because uh, I initially just had that question in our prep document, like, who do you think are the funniest mathematicians in history? And then uh, these haters, my, my co-host and my producer, were like, why don't we reframe that? Because it's very <laughs> unlikely that there are any other funny mathematicians. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I know you had two different pronunciations of your name growing up. Can you talk a little bit more about how that got started? Yeah, so my authentic name is Shreeder Ramesh. That's what my parents named me. My parents are Thamilian, so we spoke both Thamil and English at home as a child. And when I was very young, I was fluent in both of them. I'm not that good at Thamil anymore. But um, on my first day of preschool, I remember 
my mother sat me down in the car before going into the school, and she was trying to explain to me, they're not going to know all the words you know. Like the, some mm -hmm. of the words we use at home are Tamil, and some of them are English. So they're not going to say Thani. They're going to say mm -hmm. water. They're not going to say Paul. They're going to say milk. They're not going to say Amma. They're going to say mommy, things like this. Uh, so then I go into school, preschool, and they, I guess, read my name off a list. And, you know, they don't know how to pronounce it, so they read it and they say, Shridhar. And I think, oh, this is my slave name. <laughs> this is exactly what uh, my mom was trying to tell me about. So I just go with it. I'm like, okay, I'm Shridhar. That's my, that's my name in this context from now on. And then I just sort of got used to it. So then, you know, I go to elementary school and I keep the name Shridhar. And then when I went from elementary school to middle school, half the people there still knew me as Shridhar, so I couldn't change it. I go to high school and mm. some people know me as Shridhar, I couldn't change it. And then I just get used to it. So I, college and everything, I, I kept going by Shridhar with, you know, non-Indians. With Indians, of course, it would be stupid if I introduced Yeah, you got a code switch. That... Yeah, exactly. But so my whole, you know, up until I was like 28... I always would say to people that they had to follow these strict, like, racial rules. Like, if you're Indian, you call me Shridhar. If you're not Indian, you have to call me Shridhar. And I need to know what race you are, even without looking at you, just from the way you address me. Uh, were there any defectors in either of those camps who tried to uh, adopt the other pronunciation? There weren't, actually, for a long time. Like, when I was in elementary school and everything, nobody even bothered to ask, like, how do you, Where'd you really grow pronounce up? it? Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, oh, in okay. suburban New Me Jersey. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, I, I heard that on a previous podcast. So, you know, New Jersey has Indians around a lot. Yeah. But in my particular town, I was the only Indian boy. There was like, I think, two Indian girls and me. Um, nobody ever bothered to ask, is Shradar right? Are we pronouncing it wrong? <laughs> nobody cared. But then later on in life, I think when I was in grad school, the culture shifted or something where everybody, I mean, there must have been people like this before, but I don't know. Uh, everybody really wanted to show how sensitive and uh, racially uh, astute. Uh, <laughs> astute, yeah, that's a good <laughs> word for it. <laughs> they were, so then they became very insistent right. on, on my telling them the right pronunciation. But I was still kind of uncomfortable with that in a way because I was so used to this thing yeah. that only Indian people call me Shridhar. And it's not, it's not super important, but like, if you really want to say it authentically, the consonant in the middle isn't exactly the thing people would say and mm -hmm. whatever. And they'd be really insistent on trying to get it perfect, but it doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't care, you know? So I, I would just say, just call me Shradar. It's easiest. But then eventually it became untenable. Like the tipping point of people's need to be astute uh, reached a level where I couldn't get them to give it up. So mm. I started going by Shreeler with everybody. Well, what also happened was I took a job at Google and the vice president of my uh, section of Google, his name was Shreeler Ramaswamy. So I'd try to tell people, you should call me Shridhar. And they'd be like, but that guy's name is Shreeder, <laughs> and I would just look dumb. So that kind of sped me along. Also. I, I had the exact same experience in college. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like when yeah. you first introduced yourself to me, you said giddy, but you were like, usually nobody can pronounce the actual yeah. Uh, yeah, consonant so, it is. And we can get to the the, the DH sound in Shreeder's name too, but yeah. I guess the R sound in my name is kind of like a, like 
an alveolar tap, technically. So it's a sound that a lot of English speakers can't make. So there's like a grad student when I was in college who, who was a TA and he asked his students to call him Geary. But I always hated the sound of that. Mm-hmm. And I would prefer they treat the R just as a D and like give it to me like the adjective giddy <laughs> at, at worst case than be Geary. But I remember introducing myself that way and people trying to like uh, hypercorrect me and be like, well, you know, I know this grad student, Gary, so one of you guys has to be <laughs> playing me right now. Um, but at least it wasn't his subordinate at work. That's it's what, it's that's about harder. Se- right. seeming the stew, but also not getting pranked, basically. Yeah, what exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Staying woke in all senses of the term. Uh, pardon me, I need to blow my nose, so <laughs> we can edit that out. Of no, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah we're keeping gold. that in. Yeah. That's going to be our transition from question to question. <laughs> That's my attempt to pronounce beauty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah every, every time you say my name, we'll just play that sound over it. <laughs> um, so do you want to explain the difficult to pronounce sound at the center of your name? Sure. I, you know, and I talk it up like it's so difficult. It's not that bad if people approximate it as, uh, so you got very technical with alveolar tap. Uh, I'll go technical as well. So in the middle of my name, there's a dentalized voiced alveolar plosive. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be aspirated. That's what the H after the D means. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Sridhar. But English doesn't really have dentalized plosives, but the closest thing they have is interdental fricatives. So it's sort of like a TH sound in, in a word like breathe or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the approximation people use. And that's totally fine. I, I, don't really honestly hear that strong a difference either, but if you made me pay real close attention, I could sort of tell. And English really doesn't care about the aspiration, and neither do I, honestly. I mean, but uh, that is what the H in the spelling indicates, mm-hmm. is this aspiration, this puff of air that you're supposed to make, which is more of a thing in North Indian languages, and I'm from a South Indian family, so it doesn't even really matter. But people, if they really want to know, like, the super authentic pronunciation, then you try and tell them. But then they, you know, they can't really do it anyway, so why bother? <laughs> uh, there's so many sounds I can't really make. I mean, it makes sense. Like, you wouldn't be able to do a thing you haven't practiced or that you didn't grow up hearing a lot. It makes total sense to me. It would be a foolish thing for me to start this war. Like, somebody else will come in with a Spanish name with a rolled r or something and i won't be able to do it Mm. and i'll just i'll be foolish if i was insisting on that so the only thing that's annoying is if people insist on trying and wasting time Mm. but even that makes sense like why not try it's kind of fun to try (laughs) i get it well you're not even the most you know famous person and with a aspirated d sound in the middle of their name um that's right yeah do you want to talk a little bit about that uh gandhi he's pretty famous so Gandhi is quite famous, but his fame has not done him a lot of good in terms of people spelling his name correctly. I feel like uh, constantly I see with Gandhi, people always write G-H-A-N-D-I. Yeah, they love love that. They love that, yeah. Yeah, Something about that spelling gives them joy. I find with my name also, everybody always writes writes, uh, S-H-R-I-D-A-R because they're just so unaccustomed to seeing an H after a D, Mm -hmm. their brain can't register it. It's like that urban legend about how the Native Americans couldn't see Columbus's ships when they arrived because they'd never seen a ship before. It's a weird (laughs) quasi-racist urban legend that people (laughs) talk about. But it's like that with the white people's brains and an H after a D. They, They can't see it in that location, so they just 
move it automatically to the beginning of the word. They've at least seen an H after a G in words like laugh or an H after an S. Actually, the H after the S in my name makes a lot of sense because it is sha at the mm. beginning. Yeah, that one that one uh, I can understand for sure. Yeah, but Gandhi, it's sort of inexplicable. I guess it's like Ghana or something. There's G-H at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anytime I see somebody spell Gandhi correctly, I know this is an Indian person <laughs> or... Or they're like the smartest person in all of America, all white, you know, culture. Uh, they have a PhD in history or something. But. Um, I have to agree. But f- for a while, you couldn't pronounce your own name correctly. Um, That's correct. So, again, it would be foolish of me to right. really yell at people about pronouncing my name correctly. For much of my life, I couldn't make sh sounds or the sounds. I had a thing with my tongue where I guess the frenulum was too tight or something. Eventually in middle school, I had a surgery. They clipped this frenulum and I went for like tongue rehab at this hospital and they would have me do exercises. You're visiting like, like a Rocky montage. <laughs> yeah. What, what were the exercises? Uh, a lot of lifting weights. Uh, <laughs> no, they'd like put Cheerios on your tongue and you'd have to sort of move it to different parts of your mouth so that you would learn these movements with your tongue that you hadn't been doing before. And then, of course, uh-huh. there'd be exercises of actually making certain sounds. And I also used to not be able to even hear the distinction mm-hmm. between uh, sa and sha or za and ja or ta and tha, all these things. So, for example, when I was in uh, elementary school, kids always used to make fun of me by asking me to say, 33 the number 33 but what i would say was turdy tree like mm. a like a tree covered in turds and they'd laugh and laugh and i wouldn't even really understand because they oh. sounded the exact same to me you were just noticing properties of the number 33 <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i had this synesthetic thing where when i hear the number 33 i think of a tree covered in shit so. <laughs> but uh, yeah so i couldn't pronounce my own name i would say sreeder I was still getting the vowels right. I still wasn't saying Sridhar, mm-hmm. but I uh, I wasn't pronouncing it correctly or authentically. Correct is, you know, it yeah. was correct to some standard. It was correct to what I said, but uh, eventually I learned how to say it. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of miss it in a way. <laughs> I mean, nobody... Nobody knows anymore that my my internal monologue name for a long time was Reader. I, I missed that. I think for at least the first six or maybe seven years of my life, I couldn't say my name either because I couldn't make R sounds. So I was I was Gooey. Gooey? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Um, so I, I, I missed that too. Um, I, I guess I could start bringing it back, but I don't know how well it would be received. <laughs> That's endearing in some way. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if, if we want to get really old on the other side, I can, yeah. I'll start bringing it back. <laughs> um, I was going to ask about, um, I believe you mentioned that your family, when you were growing up, would call you by different nicknames. Is that true? Yeah. So uh, when I was young, my parents would often call me Chinju, which is sort of from the Tamil word Chinna, which means small. So it's just kind of like saying small guy. <laughs> But then you get older and people don't want to call you Chinju so much anymore. You're not, you're not a little guy anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They'd have to start calling you the thumbnail word for medium-sized guys. <laughs> you know, it makes sense, but I kind of miss the closeness of having... You know, even my parents, every now and then, like once 
in a blue moon, they'll call me Chinchu still and they'll fill mm. my heart. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, they just call me Shri there. The one that has continued that uh, is my sister always, 100% of the time, my entire life, uh, or 99.9% of the time, I'll explain in a second. She never calls me by my name. She's always only called me Anna, which is Tamil for older brother. You know, even if she's talking about me to family or something, she'll say Anna. Mm-hmm. She like never says my name, you know. Yeah. Which, again, it sounds like maybe it's a kind of punishment for her. Like she's forbidden from saying my name. But no, it's just one of those organic things. And it's endearing to me that she calls me Anna. But uh, I remember when I was in college, we went to the same college, my sister and I, and there was like a a period of like a month or something where she started calling me Shreether because she said, oh, I have this friend in college I made and her name is Anna and it's confusing Mm and I feel, I I think she was probably embarrassed, is the honest truth, Mm -hmm. that she was calling me this kind of big brothery name instead of calling me by my name. It felt kind of childish or something to her maybe. Uh, so she started calling me Shri there for a bit, but it really hurt my feelings. Oh. It was like, you know, we've, we've had this thing for almost 20 years and we're family and, you know, it, it makes me feel nice when she calls me on a, that's the only thing she'd ever call me. It's like if you had suddenly started calling your parents by their first name, right. you know. I can speak from the other side of that because I, I feel like I've called my sister her given name like less than 10 times in my life, including like in reference when right. talking about other people. So I always call her Akka. And the few times I do call her by her first name, I feel like I'm like a baby dressing up as a police officer or something, like <laughs> oh, just okay. trying to call on some authority that I don't actually have. Um, Are you Tamilian or South Indian? Yeah, yeah, we're Tamilian as well. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. so Akka, older sister, exactly. Yeah. I can't say that I've ever felt embarrassed about using the term in front of other people. It to me it like yeah, it builds kind of that intimacy and um reminds me of when we were kids and stuff. But um I also didn't have a friend named Ukka to create confusion in my in my text <laughs> <Right>. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her friend wasn't even named Anna, it was named Anna. Anna right, I don't right. know why she should be confused, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling you Chinju and Anna to make up. <laughs> Although the, those, that's a very confusing combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little big brother. In guy. opposite directions, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I never thought about that. You're right. <laughs> well, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about your last name. Um on the off chance that any non-South Indian people have made it this deep into the podcast. Do you want to explain <laughs> that naming convention? Yeah. So my last name, Ramesh, it's not like a family name that's been handed down from generation <laughs> to generation. It's just my father's given name. Mm-hmm. His name is Ramesh. His parents named him Ramesh. What happened with a lot of South Indian families, when they grew up, they didn't have this convention of your given name's your first name and you have this family name as your last name. It would be more like you have this one name and then maybe they'd put some initials or something in front of it to be uh, like a family name. Right. Uh, And then when they immigrated to the U.S., I don't know if they were dumb. (laughs) They probably weren't dumb. But uh, for whatever reason, they decided they were going to take their given name and make it their legal last name. Like all the Indian uh, men who immigrated that I knew growing up. Their legal last name when they came to the U.S. is just their given name, and they take something else and they make it their legal first name. Uh, so my father's legal name now is Nale Pili Ramesh, but Nale Pili is just 
like the village that his family mm. had come from. Uh-huh. If anybody ever calls him on the phone and they say, can I speak to Nolay Philly? He knows it's a telemarketer. <laughs> like That's not his actual <laughs> name. But the timing of it is so good for him because now I have this last name, Ramesh, and my kids are going to, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to make them have a last name, Shreether. I don't, I think they'll rebel against that. <laughs> so they're going to have the last name Ramesh and their kids are going to have the last name Ramesh and all of the accomplishments of me or any of my descendants, they're all going to be to my father's credit. He picked exactly <laughs> the right time to make his name live on in history. Yeah, it just got locked in. <laughs> is that the situation with you or... It is. Uh, actually, I don't know. Yes. It is? Yeah. It's, there's another layer of complication to it, but my dad's given name is Swaminathan and then... In the immigration process, he split it up, so um, the Swami became his middle name, and then Nathan became our last name. And then uh, his for his first name, he t- took his father's given name. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, which is also interesting because you're kind of like cosplaying as your dad. Suddenly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, but then I, yeah, then the, the quirk of splitting the name at that joint is that... Um, now I just have this very easy name to provide at coffee shops and uh, restaurants now. Right. Which is convenient. Yeah. My parents, uh, they named me Shreether Ramesh. There's no easy coffee shop name in there. But then after <laughs> me, my aunt or something convinced them to name my sister Sheila because it will sound like a Western name, mm-hmm. even though Sheila is also an Indian name. But I like that I have this distinctive name. I, I don't care about not having any Western-sounding aspect to it. Yeah. My cousins also, they got named Maya and Mira. Again, they're Indian names, Maya and Mira, but they kind of sound like Western names also. Like everybody else after me, they decided uh, to have more easily uh, Western-sounding names, I guess. But uh, You carry the burden. I think that just, I think that just makes them weak. You know, like <laughs> yeah, built character. A boy named Sue. Yeah. So. So you said once that you change the pronunciation of your name in your interior monologue, depending on whether you're having a white thought or an Indian thought. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I always say white versus Indian, like those are the only two races in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, because, you know, like I said, I grew up always, it was that Shradar was the name with non-Indians and Shreether was the name with Indians. But you spend a lot of time with non-Indians in your life if you live outside of India. So, you know, probably the majority of the time people were saying my name. They were saying Shradar. So it gets in my head. And in my interior monologue, I do find myself saying Shradar a lot Hmm. uh, still to this day. But, you know, sometimes I say Shreeder, sometimes I say Shradar. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed it naturally is sort of dependent on is the thought I'm having one that I think... I would repeat to non-Indians in some kind of context. Is it some kind of performative thought? Am I thinking of a joke where my name happens to come up that I think I might say to 
a bunch of white people is something or is it or is it an authentic thought that I'm really having? And then almost all the time, actually, in my interior monologue, my last name, I don't say Ramesh. I say Ramesh almost all the time in my interior monologue, because I feel like how often do you say your last name with your family? Like never. That's true. But yeah. you hear it in like school contexts and stuff. Right. Uh, and so I kind of think of Ramesh as basically a correct pronunciation in a way that I know I say correctness is subjective, but even to the extent it's subjective, Shridhar is sort of fake. But Ramesh, I kind of feel like I, I'm fine with that. If people think Ramesh is uh, the way to say my last name, that, that seems reasonable. I, I'll take a little bit away from my father. He doesn't get to have uh, <laughs> his proper name be my last name. I think this is the part where I can somewhat relate because I don't hear my original last name around my family or even like at work really necessarily. So it doesn't come up that much, but originally it's supposed to be Khalaf because there was, is a K H A L A F. My dad dropped that. So I'm not sure why it didn't really make it that much easier. Cause then it would be like Caliph Khalaf, which is what I go by now. But it, it, as you said, like correctness is subjective, but it's kind of interesting because I haven't thought about like introducing myself as Sam or Khalif and like, like basically if it's relatives, I guess, or friends of relatives, because the relatives would already know my last name. But yeah, well, again, also, I mean, I think that's probably a consonant that a lot of people don't make, right? That's like a velar fricative. Yeah, it's it's hard to get people to say ha. Right. I could grab some tissue and blow my nose again. Well, I like the idea that everyone's going to be radicalized by this podcast. You're going to be introducing yourself as Samar Khalaf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to have uh, Chinju Nalapalai. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to have, uh, I'll go back to Gui for that one too. Um, did you ever meet other Shridhars in day-to-day life? Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, when I was at Google, this vice president uh, was Shridhar and that was annoying. Um but in general, it's not that common that I meet other Shridhars. It's pretty rare. Even though my name, I've never looked up the statistics, but I imagine globally my name is fairly popular, or at least there's one country where it's quite popular. But I never in my life almost ever meet them. But on the rare occasion when I do meet other Shridhars, it's like infuriating to me. It's like when you meet you know, your evil twin or your clone or somebody, <laughs> and you're like, I got to kill them before they kill me. Like... <laughs> I want to be the only one with this name. Obviously, if I grew up like a Billy or a Billy, I don't know why I'm saying Billy. If I grew up like a Brian <laughs> or a Chris or something, I, I'd be accustomed to meeting a lot of other people with my name. I wouldn't even think about it. But because I'm so used to being the only one, I I want it to be that, you know, if people say Shreether anywhere in the world, that's me. It's like the bad signal for me. So <laughs> I, I do feel like I really get, ter- not territorial, but... If I do hear of another Sammer, I'm kind of like, hmm, I, I want to be the only one with this baggage. I don't <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though there's probably ways that we could relate, probably, and we would probably have a very fruitful... <laughs> it's better to find the tiny differences between your experiences that you can use yeah. to drive each other apart. <laughs> <laughs> S- uh, suss out each other's weaknesses, yeah, basically. Exactly. I had a kind of adjacent question, which is, I know in your Twitter bio, it says... Born Samuel Langhorn Clemens in rural Missouri. Oh, yeah. Adopted the pen name Shreeler <laughs> Ramesh from Riverboat Slang. And I know, obviously, that's a 
reference to Mark Twain, but are there people who think that's actually the origin of your name? <laughs> yes, it's surprising. <laughs> that's but incredible. It's surprising. I, I make a lot of jokes about my name. Uh, I guess they're good jokes to make because nobody else will independently come up with the same joke except for like five other Shreethers in the world. But uh, <laughs> And they're not funny, so you're in the clear. Yeah, exactly. But uh, people take them seriously sometimes, uh, shockingly. Like the whole joke of it is how absurd it would be for Shreether Ramesh to be riverboat slang, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, people on Twitter constantly message me and they call me Samuel <laughs> and... <laughs> What do you think this is a product of? Are they just uncomfortable assuming that you're joking about that? I think it's this need to be authentic. And they're like, <laughs> I need to call you by your real name. They want to be astute and not racially insensitive. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then there's this other joke I've made. And I, I have this on like dating profiles and stuff is... Um, there's a white guy now at work who's named Shreether. So now everyone calls me Indian Shreether. <laughs> but people constantly message me and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you. <laughs> they're so insensitive. And I'm trying to explain. No, it's a joke. <laughs> I don't see this relationship going anywhere, but I think you should know. That's a... I guess it's a useful filter for you then. Yeah. yeah. People with uh, bad sense of humor and or too much empathy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't want to date someone who has too much empathy for me. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about the other side of things of like, you know, non-Indian people trying to appear racially astute with the pronunciation. But what do you, how do you feel about Indian people choosing or not choosing to kind of anglicize the pronunciation of, of their name and how that's sort of trended differently over time too. Yeah. Cause I feel like when I was growing up, a lot of the Indian people I knew anglicized their names. Yeah. Uh, like every Nikhil I knew went by Nick. Uh, I say it like I knew a hundred Nikhil, but you know, <laughs> I, I knew a couple. You're from New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, there's all these popular Indians uh, who made it in, in like, became celebrities at some point. Uh, so when I was a kid, there was no Indian actors, but eventually there were people like Cal Penn or Mindy Kaling or whatever. And those are all anglicized names. I forgot what Mindy's real name is. It's like uh, Vera Chuck Chuckling or, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cal Penn, his real name is like Kalpana something. Kalpen yeah. Modi. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's like Bobby Jindal, whose name is Piyush Jindal. And he took Bobby from the Brady Bunch. And, I didn't know that. Like, there was a, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in general, it was common for people to anglicize their names. But then at some point, the vibe shifted. And like I said, everybody wanted to be a, uh, racially astute and whatever. But also Indians, all the Indians shifted from where growing up, I felt like, you know, I was way more Indian in a way as a child. Like I had an Indian accent for a little bit and I... I I don't know. I was much more like alienated from American culture when I was young. Mm -hmm. And now I'm much more like assimilated, whatever. But as a child, I never really talked about feeling very Indian or something. I just would try and blend in or something. And then the vibe shifted to where you were supposed to really talk a lot about your whatever it is, racial thing or whatever minority status you were. You were supposed to talk a lot about how how that impacted your life. Like that's all anybody would talk about for a while. 
And then as part of this vibe shift, yeah, you're supposed to not anglicize your name or something. I sound like a cranky old man, like giving some anti-woke rant <laughs> here, but I, uh, there was some kind of shift. We're booking of, you a slot on Bill Maher right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you felt the same way or I don't know. I could be completely off because this is just my experience in how I felt about the Indian American thing. I think that tracks for me as well. Um, definitely noticed like people being more proactive about other people's pronunciation of their names i kind of picked kind of this weird middle ground early on in my life where i was okay having people use kind of this blunt mispronunciation of my name that felt closer to the right closer to the target than right. what would be more phonetically obvious to them and then i've just been kind of writing with that but i've definitely noticed that that, that vibe shift that you describe among other indian people yeah i can't think of any indian actors who have made it more recently than uh the ones that I was thinking of who anglicized their names. I guess there's a Pakistani guy, there's Kamal Nanjiani, right. who didn't really do any anglicizing. Um, I was going to say there's Kamala Harris. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't believe yeah. we didn't talk about that one yet. Yeah, Kamala Harris. You know, I knew a Kamala growing up, so yeah, I always say Kamala. Same. But she does these videos about how to pronounce her name, and they're like aggrieved, like, how dare you mispronounce my name kind of right. in theme. But she says Kamala Harris in these videos. And Kamala is not the authentic thing. Of course, she can say whatever she wants, but the authentic right. pronunciation is Kamala with a schwa in the first syllable. So it's sort of weird to get up on the cross about people mispronouncing your name, but then give them this semi-anglicized or semi-whatever name. It's funny that I call it anglicization, but it's not like English doesn't have a sound. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but I think what happens also is whenever English speakers like read a foreign name, they always assume all the A's have to be Oz. That there can't mm -hmm. possibly be an. I think mean, that's sound. exactly what's happening. They're thinking like, yeah. like I don't know, Spanish or Italian or something. They yeah. want these long, beautiful vowels. <laughs> yeah, they want these exotic things, I guess. But it could be exotic to be uh, why not? But uh, right. and same way they'll read J's in foreign things, and they'll think they have to be Ja. So they'll say Raj <laughs> instead of Raj, or mm. Uh, mm. or Beijing instead of Beijing or something. So, yeah, they always assume every foreign name has to be maximally foreign. Yeah, I remember being very thrown by the Kamala Harris thing, too. Kind of for the reason you're describing, like, if she's going to have people use this mispronunciation, she should be kind of ashamed and uh, understanding <laughs> about it like we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you, you can't be, you can't get on a pedestal about it. So you've been popular on a few different social media platforms outside of Twitter. Have you noticed any differences in people's reactions to your name on those different parts? Or, Well, one of the social media platforms I was popular on was Quora, and Quora is like 75% Indian, so <laughs> their reaction is just oh, another Shreeler. We, we have a power, uh, Quora power reader in yeah, yeah, the studio is, right now. Yeah, this is the dramatic reveal portion of the podcast where I explain that i was like a very early quora follower of yours oh um, i didn't know that and then only years later after i'd given up on both quora and math did i realize you were making weird jokes on twitter i was like is this the same guy <laughs> i have this faint memory of this guy i guess we converged on the same interest so it's fine <laughs> oh that's interesting but yeah at this point you've written for both an audience of thousands of strangers on twitter or on quora but you've also written for a very small academic audience, maybe even an audience of two in, in some cases, or audience of one. Um, what Are there any yeah. similarities or differences in terms of how you think through those two types of, of writing? 
I always find it a lot easier. Well, specifically in the context of, well, both of them, actually. It's a lot easier to write when you know who your audience is, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You can, for mathematical writing, you can tell what they already know and what they don't and what would be useful for explaining something to them. Mm -hmm. And then with comedy, when you know your audience, it's a lot easier to avoid uh, people getting offended, of course, you know, you know what their lines are, or also, you know, what their sense of humor is. So it's easier to hone in on that. But it's also sometimes fun with comedy when you're writing for a broad audience where, you know, some people will get the joke and some won't. And some of the Mm -hmm. people who don't get the joke, their reaction will be funny uh, to the people who do get the joke if they misinterpret something that was sarcastic or sincere or something. And there's also the dynamic, I think, where, you know, there'll be people, you know, in your life, who everybody's like, oh, that person's so funny. They should do comedy. They're so funny. They make all their friends laugh all the time. They make, you know, the office laugh or whatever. But then if they go and they do stand up or something, it just doesn't work. They don't connect. And it's because they're funny with their friends who know who they are and they right. know who their friends are and they know how to target things. They don't have the thing of if I'm with a broad audience and there's no charity for me, they don't know anything about me and I don't know anything about them. You know, it's trickier to figure out how do I be funny in a context like that. And so that's part of being a comedian. But it is nice sometimes when you're just at a party and you know exactly how to make like the people that you really know well, like fall over laughing. Yeah, I feel like inside jokes get a bad rap sometimes, but it's also very effective. Yeah, I mean, it almost feels like those are like there's like more wiring laid down beforehand. It's like a more intense response sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's exactly the thing we were saying about names. Like, there's this warmth when you make an right. inside joke because you're calling on these years of history mm-hmm. that you've built up with this person. So if my sister makes a joke with me and it's not an inside joke, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> I feel this coldness. Um, this could be wrong, but I'm wondering if, to, to me, it seems like there would be some amount of, like, exhilaration when you are making a joke and you're just kind of uncertain about whether it's going to connect or not. Whereas when you're doing your mathematical writing, it would just be kind of frustrating if the person you're trying to communicate with isn't isn't necessarily following along. I guess that's exactly true. Yeah, yeah. In math, it's purely frustrating when I can't just directly beam my thoughts into somebody. There's no sense of, ooh, am I going to discover the fun of whether this connects or not? It's just always... A disappointment, yeah. Uh, and it's not also the flip side thing, you know, with comedy, it's like you make a joke and you think it's funny and maybe you're even confident it'll get a laugh, but you don't know the size of the laugh it'll get, right? You don't know if it's going to make them chuckle or if it's really going to get like a big response. And that's fun. In math, it never really happens that way where it's like an unexpectedly big response. It's just like, okay, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. That's the best mm-hmm. it ever gets. Right. Uh, Nobody ever is blown over and it's like, oh, my God, I did not imagine such towering genius could exist in a mere mortal body. Uh, I do find it frustrating with math that there's this possibility that something that's completely clear in my head doesn't come out so clearly. I wish it weren't that way, but that is how it is. There is another question we wanted to ask you about academia. Um I know Giddy had heard of this professor who described how a lot of people in his field seem to have a hard time remembering his name, even though he's published a lot. And he 
Was it that he tried a different name or tried publishing under a different name and he got a better um, response? To take his quote, he he described the struggle as uh, getting a, a white American reaction to a, quote, generic Indian name with too many A's. Um, now that this guy has turned down a request to appear on the pod, I guess I can reveal that I was a little bit skeptical that a South Indian last name would trigger any alarm bells in the field of computer science. But I was wondering <laughs> if you had any kind of like relevant experience with um, with your name in academia or did you feel like it affected uh, how you published your work? Or uh, Well, I'll tell you a story about my name in academia that is maybe not that enlightening in this particular regard, but you just you brought it to mind. Um, my advisor, uh, you know, I, I met my advisor at some point early on in grad school and I introduced myself to him and asked him to be my advisor and so on. And then years and years later, I was trying to talk to him about something. I forget what it was, but for some reason, I was talking to him and I had some reason to say my name, but I forgot what my advisor called me. I couldn't remember if he called me Shreether <laughs> or Shradar, because most of the time... You don't bother saying somebody's name when you know them and you're in the room with them. You're just like, hello and hey and whatever. And I forgot what I introduced myself to this guy as years and years <laughs> ago. So I had to stop and I had to be like, I forget. I'm sorry. What is my name to you? And it was sort of embarrassing. <laughs> but of course, I explained why I was asking. It was fine. It's, it's like a much more boring version of like having an affair and having to keep your lies straight. Like yeah. And getting caught in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It was so embarrassing I had to leave grad school. Right. I can I'm glad we now. have that on the record finally. Thanks for listening to Name Dropping. You can find more of Shreeler's work on Twitter at Radish Harmers. You can find us on Instagram at Name Dropping Pod or send us an email at namedropping at defector.com. Name Dropping is hosted by me, Sam Rikoloff, and Giddy Nathan, and produced by Ozzy Linus Goodman. Our editor is Justin Ellis, and our supervising producer is Alex Sujong Laughlin. Our production assistant is Jay Tolviera. Thanks to Editor-in-Chief Tom Lay and the rest of the Defector staff. Defector Media is a collectively owned, subscriber-based media company. If you love this podcast and want to support us, subscribe at Defector.com. Now and then, my parents will drop little hints that suggest they've become aware that I have this Twitter account. I think it's because my cousin told them, and I think uh, mm, snitches, uh, yeah, put the cat out of the bag. But I, I don't think they're following too closely. Actually, also, what happened at one point was I had one tweet go real viral, uh, and like my aunt saw it on some completely separate thing, like it was reposted to Instagram and Facebook and whatever. And so I think um, through that also they became aware. But um, any anytime tweet is getting shared to Facebook, it's uh, it's probably bad news.